Nowadays, there's stuff, and there's stuff you don't need to know. A podcast that talks about geek and nerd culture and brings you the things that you want to hear about. up know-it-alls you got stuff you don't need to know this is jay let's get down to it so is it getting hot in here or is it just this show we're talking about episode nine season one of star girl and of course before i go any further i'm just going to say spoiler alert uh i really again like i said last week i can't hold back the spoilers anymore in this show so i really hope if you're following along with the podcast here with me reviewing these episodes that before you listen to my take on each episode that you are watching the episodes if you've made it this far and you haven't even watched star girl yet do me a favor go back and stream it it is an incredible show and i said it last week i've actually i've been saying it for multiple weeks now i really think that this is one of my favorite shows new shows on TV, period. Not just a superhero show, but uh, a show in general. And really, after finishing up Batwoman not too long ago, and with it really ending on a sour note for me, and again, this is nothing to do with Ruby Rose leaving the show or, you know, the circumstances behind that, you know, really whatever they are. Like I said, I was enjoying that show. I, I really kind of liked the start of Batwoman, and I liked the way the story was progressing. I liked the character development in it. But I really felt like towards the end, it really fell flat. Did they know that uh, Ruby Rose was going to leave and they kind of rushed things towards the end? I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever really know. But we're not talking about Batwoman. We are talking about Stargirl. And like I said, really from the beginning, it just seems each week, each episode seems to get better and better. And I'm really enjoying this show very much. So last week, the Shiv two-part episode wrapped up, and in these two episodes, Shiv 1 and 2, a lot was revealed. Like I said, you know, unlike some other superhero shows, which tend to kind of drag out the tension between the heroes and the villains, Shiv parts 1 and 2 really kind of stepped it up and really push things to the forefront. There is definitely going to be a conflict between the ISA and the JSA. There's definitely going to be conflict between the JSA and the kids of the ISA. And, you know, I think I was talking about this last week. The fact that, you know, really after Shiv Part 1, Courtney knew who Shiv was. We really kind of suspected that Cindy, who is Shiv, would know that Courtney was Stargirl. But what would happen? You know, what would she do with that information? Did she really know? Did she not know? And I kind of made the comparison of looking back at Supergirl, where Lex at one point had told Lena who Kara really was, that Kara was indeed Supergirl. And, you know, Lena took that information and she sat on it. And the reason she did is because, you know, she had lost all faith. Uh, she lost faith in humanity. She lost faith in her friend Kara. And it was kind of like, you know, what do I do with this information? How could I use it? Kara, of course, finally did come clean. I should probably say spoilers for all this, but a little late for that now. And sure, that was kind of a good thing. But I really like, you know, what Stargirl did is they really just got it out of the way because it really appears that Stargirl and Shiv are really going to be really big rivals in this based on the fact that really Cindy and Courtney are not really very different from one another 
Yes, Courtney can be a bitch. She's, well, not really just a bitch. She can be a psychopath. And Courtney, you know, is really more of the quote unquote good girl. But they do share a lot in common. And I mean, Cindy really realizes it. And I really think that Courtney, as much as she doesn't want to admit it, Courtney realizes it as well. So we got all that out of the way. You know, the JSA knows who Cindy is. Uh, they know who her dad is. Uh, they know that Henry Jr., uh, the son of Brainwave, has inherited inherited his powers because of this, because of his ability to read minds. He now knows who Courtney is. And, you know, we start off this episode again with really just great development here, great character development, where we see the new team is sort of like, well, what do we do with all this? And the thing is, is Pat is sort of like... Pat is taking a very old school approach here. And, and as somebody who's, you know, read comics for many, many years, I really see where Pat's coming from. You know, this is the son of a bad guy. So obviously he is going to be a bad guy. And you really can't blame Pat for thinking that because Henry Jr. really isn't the nicest kid out there. I mean, at this point, you know, even Pat knows what uh, Henry Jr. and Cindy did to Yolanda by ruining her reputations with spreading around a picture of her, let's just say. I mean, you've seen the episode, you know what happened there. So yeah, Henry Jr. doesn't really have a great track record, but Courtney and Beth are taking a different approach. And, you know, Courtney is saying like, look, yeah, he he has his dad's powers and abilities and he did read my mind which actually the way that kind of worked i don't know if this is the way henry's powers work or if it's because or if it's because um courtney wields the cosmic staff but it was like they kind of read each other's minds back and forth and you know what courtney saw there was you know he wasn't an inherently evil guy he was scared. He was alone. He was confused. He had no idea what to do with all this. And really, you know, when when these when the episode opens, Courtney is saying he could actually be a very powerful ally. You know, we could use his abilities to really figure out who other members of the ISA are, who their kids are, what are their intentions, this and that. Beth actually thinks it is a good idea. And I can understand Beth's point too as well. Beth, you know, for all of her chitter chatter and all her curiosity and everything, Beth is actually a very logical person. And to her, it seems to make a lot of sense. She's also a very good-natured person as well. I understand, you know, Pat's reservations. Again, Pat has that old-school mentality. You know, the offspring of a villain is going to be a villain. Rick, of course, has a big chip on his shoulder with the ISA, and he's kind of falling in line with Pat here with, you know, the son of a villain is obviously going to be a villain. And you know what? He also kind of, Rick has also kind of taken up the stance of we don't need any help, you know? And, and in fact, I think, you know, Rick is almost taking the stance of, you know, I, I really don't need any help here. Uh, you know, with the hourglass, with his dad's hour man hourglass, he really feels like he could solve all the problems. But, you know, he is he is a willing part of the team. I do understand Yolanda's reservations. You know, Henry and Cindy really did burn her uh, in what they did. And, you know, I really get the fact that she she sees him as evil and vile. And, you know, she has she makes a very good point. I mean, to do, you know, to do what Henry did to ask Yolanda to take basically a nude selfie of herself or a topless selfie of herself really for the intent of giving it to Cindy for her to spread it around. I mean, 
you know, to, to, to intentionally, to purposely ruin their relationship like that. I, yeah, this is not a person that you can trust. And, and I really understand, you know, I really understand both sides of the argument here, but Courtney is Courtney, you know, and Courtney is just has that everlasting positivity that, you know, that belief that people can change and the goodness of people. So she's determined to go out and she is going to recruit Henry Jr., you know, really, Come hell or high water. Pat, of course, you know, is like, look, we still have to get more info on the ISA. They know, um, or he knows, I should say, you know, through Courtney's Battle of the Shiv, that there are these underground tunnels. Uh, you know, Beth discovered one in Cindy Berman's house. Uh, he found Courtney, or, you know, I think Courtney had told him about uh, how through the principal, Principal Bowman's office, she found another sort of like set of underground catacombs. So he ba he pretty much tasks uh, Beth and Rick with looking through some old journals and things like that, really looking for the history of Blue Valley, because like he said, these tunnels didn't appear overnight. You know, they really had to be there and they really had to be there really for quite some time because, you know, again, if they were recently built, people would notice so Beth, of course, is she's very thrilled to do this. You know, she has her goggles, which, you know, will really aid her with that. Rick is like, this is boring, meaning, you know, meaningless work. Uh, he actually is going to set about trying to figure out his dad's, uh, his dad's diary, his dad's journal. And through this research, Beth discovers that Blue Valley is actually settled. And she gives a year. It's like probably the early to mid 1800s. And Blue Valley was settled by a group who call themselves the New Founding Fathers, who pretty much wanted to come out there to the middle of America and really kind of set up things and run things their way. They were basically, as Beth points out, a secret organization. So clearly we have the origin of the, uh, of the underground tunnels here underneath Blue Valley. Is this also possibly going to be, you know, an origin for the ISA? You know, the ideals of these new founding fathers, did this sort of lead to the creation of the ISA? Or probably some of the founding members of the ISA had found some writings from these new founding fathers and kind of incorporated their ideals with the ISA ideals and, you know, one led to the other. And of course, in the process of doing that, discovered these underground catacombs, these underground tunnels, which of course serves them very well because it clearly every single member of the ISA has either their home or a key location of theirs really built over, you know, over these tunnels. Principal Bowman, who is the new fiddler, uh, right in her office, she has easy access to it. Um, over at this, um, not Project America, American Dream. Over at the American Dream, uh, you know, the, the the members of the ISA that work there, who of course are the Gambler and Icicle, they have easy access to it as well. So, you know, really good discovery for the ISA here. And again, while on the surface, it's sort of it's sort of like, oh, hey, you know, this is a great way to sort of explain, um, you know, these secret tunnels. It gives us a little bit more to think about. You know, who were these new founding fathers? Were they the original ISA, you know, I'm sure this is going to come up later. Kind of speaking of secret origins or, you know, sort of the history of the JSA, um, you know, again, Patney and Court, pa 
<laughs> Pat and Courtney, sorry about that, you know, again, are sort of having the discussion about, you know, what to do, how they're going to move forward and taking on the ISA. Of course, you know, should they recruit Henry Jr. and this and that? And, and Pat is sort of giving Courtney here another history lesson. And unlike before, where Courtney is sort of like, hey, I'm Stargirl. I have the cosmic staff. I can go out and do this. After, you know, really tasting defeat at the hands of Shiv, you know, and a, and a really serious defeat at the hands of Shiv, you know, she realizes that, yeah, you know, she really does need to listen to Pat. And Pat begins to tell her um, about the the seven heroes of victory. I believe that's what they're called. And actually, I'm just going to pause here for a second because I want to look it up and I want to make sure I say that right. And actually, it is the seven soldiers of victory. And, you know, he basically tells her that they were sort of the precursors for the JSA. And, you know, he and Starman were members of it. Um, Starman, of course, at the time was the Star Spangled Kid. Stripesy was Stripesy. Shining Knight was there, who I do believe is this janitor, you know, Julian or Joe the janitor is Shining Knight. Um, he talks about a few of the other members of it. What's really interesting is, is when he showed a picture of it and kind of reading up about, you know, about the, the seven here, I'll call them, the original Green Arrow and Speedy were members of it. Now, it's kind of been confirmed that Stargirl is going to take place in the Arrowverse. The Arrowverse had Oliver Queen, who is, you know, Arrow. Now, of course, his show is over. We know, you know, from the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, we know what becomes of Oliver Queen. Uh, what's interesting here is this is the original Green Arrow, uh, who also was Oliver Queen. Uh, Speedy is, is was Roy Harper. Is there another version, you know, is there like, is there a golden age green arrow out there? Um, you know, this is going to be pretty interesting considering, again, like I said, that that it's been confirmed that Stargirl will be part of the Arrowverse. I mean, we'll just have to see how things develop. So things are really moving along, not only in this episode, but really in this series. So a few things that happen in this episode is Courtney does go, well, before Courtney finds Henry Jr., Henry Jr. goes back to the house. He finds his dad's room. You know, he discovered this last week. He starts watching the videotapes, and it seems that his dad, who we know is a world-famous you know, neurosurgeon, uh, neuroscientist, was basically conducting experiments which were trying to test and further develop the capacity of the human mind. He talks about how his funding was cut because his project was deemed, you know, really kind of crazy, basically. So he decided to, you know, run a test on himself. So whatever it is that he developed really led to his powers and abilities really becoming you know blossoming let's just say we see um we see early on or we see in this episode really his the first time he he experiences his powers um he's actually about to be mugged mugged and murdered actually uh really just by some criminal and he's able to read the person's mind so he knows that the attack is coming and of course, you know, look, this guy's mugging him at gunpoint. Um, Henry Sr., of course, is very, very scared and wants to turn over, you know, like, just take my wallet, you know, take my car, whatever. But he reads, he reads this man's mind. And, you know, as he says later on in these tapes that he made, uh, really where he's kind of discussing how his powers are growing and developing and I guess how he's grown and developed his powers. He basically says that this is his first peek inside the human mind where 
where he sees, you know, that people, that people are evil deep down. You know, they have these evil, evil thoughts, these dark, disgusting thoughts, because this, this mugger really has thoughts of killing him and is actually really going to enjoy killing him because he sees Henry Sr. as like this weakling that it'll just be fun to do. So really just to kind of protect himself, he projects some sort of psionic wave and basically causes this man to have a seizure. Um, you know, again, it's sort of like a self-preservation thing. He doesn't intentionally do it, but he realizes that he does have the power to do that. He then goes on, you know, in, in other videos that he makes that Henry Jr. is watching. He talks about how, you know, yeah, he could hear, you know, all these voices. Of course, he's reading all these minds. He talks about an incident on a subway where he sees a man leering at a woman thinking very disgusting thoughts. And he basically says that with his new abilities, he renders the man blind. They get off the subway and he starts to talk about, and we see this happening with Henry Jr. You know, when Henry Jr.'s powers were starting to manifest, we kind of hear like this high-pitched whine um, and Henry Sr. talks about that and he says, you know, that this happened when his powers first started to manifest and he now talks about it that when he sort of confronts these these deeply disturbed minds or these dark minds as he calls them, you know, this this painful sort of sound or, you know, he he, he gets these really bad headaches and what happens is, is, you know, he renders this man blind, they get off the subway and it's, you know, the, the, that sensation sort of comes back, like that high-pitched whining comes back, you know, this painful headache comes back. And he says he kind of psionically pushes the man in front of an oncoming train. And of course, this, this man dies. And the second that happens, he gets silence. So sort of equating it, you know, we see where Brainwave really, where his where his, I don't know how, how I would describe this, you know, which is really his core being, you know, his, his, his fundamentals. We really see how they've developed. He's reading deep, dark, disturbing thoughts and just about everybody he comes in contact with. It causes him to really lose his faith in humanity. And it's sort of like, you know, I guess the way we could deduce this is it's this buildup of just these negative thoughts that he needs to silence them. And when he silences them, these painful headaches and painful noises in his mind go away. And Henry Jr. is also experiencing that as well. So, you know, he's, while watching his father's videos, he's beginning to develop his powers. And, you know, he initially, the minds he reads, you know, uh, I believe it's the maid in the house, like when she comes to check on him. He initially reads that she's very concerned about him. You know, she feels very bad for him. But then he hears her thoughts about his father. And that's really what it is, is as he is kind of experiencing his powers and reading people's minds, he's hearing what people think about his father. And a lot of the thoughts that he hears is that, you know, the guy should just die already. Courtney, of course, finds him there. Um, she confronts him and talks with him and basically, you know, is trying to say that, you know, look, your father is wrong, you know, yeah, you know, people, and, and she even, because you know, he even says, like, like I've, I've read some very disgusting things in people's minds, and she says, yeah, but people are people, people are scared, you know, deep down inside, you know, people, you know, they have fears, they have doubts, they have all this, and yes, it can manifest as some thoughts like that, and sure, there are some truly bad people out there with bad thoughts, but in general, people are decent and good, and, you know, maybe to kind of confront their fears and, and doubts and whatever, they do have some of these thoughts in their mind 
minds, but you really need to give people a chance. So she really gives him something to think about. You know, she she realizes that she's not going to get through to him right then and there. Um, he does not attack her, though, which is a pretty good sign. And they kind of leave it where, you know, she sort of leaves it like, look, when you're ready, you come and find me. And he doesn't say no. You know, he doesn't say yes, but he doesn't say no. However, later on, when he's still there in the hospital checking on his dad, Yolanda, as Wildcat, confronts him. And, you know, she really makes it known who she is. And she basically tells him, you know, you stay away from me and my friends. You know, stay away from Courtney. Um, You know, you're a horrible person. And, he, you know, she allows him to read her thoughts about how he wronged her and how he really hurt her. And she, you know, she says, you know, I trusted you. I loved you. And this is what you did to me and you know i it's you know henry doesn't come out and say it but you could see that he's now kind of thinking about the things that courtney told him that you know people do have these kind of thoughts and they do have these kind of you know actions and they come from fear and they come from self-doubt you know and henry sort of realizing like i'm judging all these people here on the things that they're thinking about. He read, re reads Yolanda's thoughts about him and he realizes that, you know, yeah, he's not so great and he's not so perfect. So again, even though Yolanda confronts him, I really think that what Courtney told him is really sticking in his mind. However, what we get really here towards the end of the episode, and we really get a lot of, we really get a few stories kind of wrapping up here towards the end of the episode, uh, really mainly Henry's and, and Courtney's. So we'll start with Henry. As it wraps up, you know, there's this lawyer that's been trying to track him down, and he tracks him down at the hospital, and he's telling Henry uh, that, yeah, you know, your father had the stipulation in his will that if he's ever incapacitated like he is, you know, at a certain point, you know, life life support is to be uh, terminated and, you know, there's things to settle. And Henry's very confused by this. He knows something's not right, so he starts to read the lawyer's mind and he realizes that the lawyer is really lying. The lawyer basically is looking to, I hate to say it, guys, he's looking to kill Henry Sr. and try to swindle a good part of his money away from Henry Jr., so, you know, he confronts the lawyer about it and, you know, pretty much kind of like, you know, a callback to that tape where, you know, his dad explained how he read the, the minds of this mugger that was going to kill him and he lashed out and basically caused that man to have a, a seizure. Henry Jr. does the same thing. He causes the lawyer to have a seizure and no sooner does he do, does he do that than his father wakes up. And again, we see like throughout the episode... Henry hears his dad calling to him, um, you know, when he's at home and he's talking to the maid, um, you know, and he hears the maid kind of saying like, you know, I feel really bad for Henry, you know, he might be better off without his dad. Then he kind of hears his dad calling to him. That's what brings him to the hospital. So that's kind of, for this episode, that's kind of the end of Henry's story. We get a really, really interesting story with Courtney because over at this, uh, I keep wanting to calling it Project America, over at the American Dream, you know, it's really clear now, you know, if it wasn't clear a couple episodes, it's really, really clear now that Jordan has really taken a liking to Barbara. Um, and not for nothing, you know, I guess with some of the chaos going on at home, Barbara, I think Barbara does like the attention that Jordan gives her and the responsibility that he gives her, you know. Um, so they kind of get into a conversation and family values and this and that, and she invites him over for dinner. And Jordan wants to go for a few reasons. I think he does want to be around Barbara more and also his son, um, 
his son Cameron does like Courtney as well. So, you know, it's kind of a good chance for him to, you know, who's this girl, you know, who's this mystery girl that you're, you're talking about. Uh, so they come on over and it's really, really funny because Pat picks up on it right away. Pat knows that Jordan really is, uh, you know, he's, he's in love with his wife. I hate to say it. And, um, the other thing that was kind of interesting with this, with this meeting here is, you know, we, we've seen it in, in other episodes. I don't think I've really talked about it though, but, um, Icicle Jordan is Norwegian. You know, his parents live with him and his parents are really pushing him or helping him with this, you know, American Dream project. A little bit more about this American Dream project. Earlier in the episode, Dragon King comes into the ISA meeting and he basically says that, you know, look, I got some good news. Henry Jr. has his has his father's abilities. Obviously, you know, we know that Dragon King has been working on some sort of weapon or device and really here they reveal their plan that basically they have this satellite and with Henry Jr.'s, you know, uh, psychic abilities, they'll be able to control a good portion of middle America. And this is going to be their new America. You know, they can control basically, you know, the Midwest here and run things the way they want to. And again, this makes me think about what Beth discovered about these new founding fathers. Did some of the founding members of the ISA read things by the new founding fathers that led them to say, hey, we need to form the ISA, basically. Again, these are things to think about. So, you know, back over at, you know, Stargirl's house, uh, they're having dinner. And again, like I said, Pat really knows that, yeah, this guy really, really likes my wife. Jordan's parents, iSchool's parents, um, they are all on board with this, you know, American Dream project. And it's pretty interesting because when Barbara is talking and the whole family sort of interacting, Jordan's parents in in Norwegian basically say that they do like her, but they're not too sure about her daughter. Like they don't really think very, very highly of Courtney. It's pretty interesting that they have no opinion on Pat or, or, um, you know, Mike at all. But, um, the fact that it's almost sort of like they're trying to decide like within this family, like who's going to go along with this American dream and who is not, you know, it's, it's a little scary there, but uh, it is pretty interesting. So the thing is, is uh, you know, the dinner seems to be going okay. Uh, Courtney goes into the kitchen to get seconds for everybody. She pulls a dish out of the oven. It's very, very hot, and she brings it in, and she notices that Jordan, you know, while he's talking with everybody, pretty much takes the dish from her and handles it no problem at all. So she tells Pat, she's like, he's icicle. So it kind of ends a little, you know, a little odd there. Uh, you know, the night is over. They eventually go and Courtney is really in a really awkward position where she really does like Cameron, but she now realizes that Cameron's dad is icicle. What does that say about Cameron? You know, is he like his father? Is he not like his father? You know, it's really very confusing. So Pat and Courtney, of course, they're going to discuss this. And again, the subject comes up with telling Barbara. And they pretty much last episode decided that they were going to tell Barbara, Courtney's mom, of course, that she is Stargirl, but they are waiting for the right time. Well, guess what, guys? In the middle of this conversation with the cosmic staff out there, Barbara comes down the stairs. Well, no need to tell her anymore because she pretty much walked in on their little meeting here. And she now knows that her daughter is Stargirl. Of course, things will be explained in the next episode. It should be really, really interesting 
because like I said, Jordan really seems to like Barbara. Barbara likes the attention that she's getting from Jordan. I feel that she feels appreciated over at the American Dream, not so much at home. So now to sort of see that Pat and Courtney have been keeping really this big lie you know, it's a pretty big lie. They've been keeping this lie from her for so long. You know, that wasn't, she'll figure it out that that wasn't a car crash that did these, you know, that did the injuries to, um, that did these injuries to Courtney, you know, uh, how, how is this going to affect, you know, how's this going to affect just really things in general. We have looming, you know, in the not too distant future here, this, you know, American Dream Project, which we now know is a mind control project. You know, this American Dream Foundation that Barbara works at is really setting up these areas really to be the recipients of mind control, basically. She doesn't know the details yet, but she will probably figure it out soon. Like I said, she likes the attention that Jordan's giving her. She feels like stilted at home, but, you know, she's a seems to be a good, decent, moral, upstanding person. So a lot of conflict is definitely going to be coming down the road. I mean, obviously a battle between the ISA and the JSA, uh, battles between individual members of each groups, and really, you know, sort of like, sort of like a battle between really control, you know, for Pat, I should say, you know, for Barbara, you know, with Icicle, a lot of stuff coming down the road. And like I said, it seems like each week the show gets better and better, and I really can't wait for next week to see where they go with it. Guys, thanks for listening. Do me a favor, head on over to Instagram. Stuff you don't need to know is there. I post pictures about the content that I talk about it. Thanks for listening to Know It Alls, and I'll talk to you guys later. See